It's so not fair, Pastor Doug. It's so not fair. Love you guys. Thank you. I had to shut up, but that spoke volumes, man. Baby, snatch. <laughs> all right, now I got to try to minister. Where am I? I'm at Harvest. No, it's all good. You guys doing good this morning? Come on. Thank you guys for for even considering to just partner with us in, in, in prayer. That's like one of the most important things, you know, is knowing that we just, we know, we, we've known this, but it's, it, it, it's always good to know when you have family backing you up, at least in prayer. Uh, Pastor Doug said uh, this um, already, but I was in Brazil in, uh, in January, and I sent my wife right before I went into a pretty kind of hostile situation, text her, I said, hey, baby, you need to text the, the prayer group, because uh, I'm going into uh, a pretty weird situation, and uh, we're going to witness the people with machine guns and grenades pray. <laughs> My wife, like, she's so awesome. She didn't freak out, you know what I mean? She's like, okay, have fun. This is exciting. This is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, for you in Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm the one going in front of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. It wasn't that bad. But it was, it was severe. And, and, and so, like, to know that I had people praying was so important. And, 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 and them partnering in prayer, they had, like, like honestly, uh, they, they took part in uh, some of the seeds that were sown and some of the things that happened. And, and what had happened was um, I, I was witnessing and, and loving on people in the, uh, uh, the, the garbage dumps right outside of Rio. And uh, um, the pastor took me back for lunch, and me and the other guy that I went with, and he said, hey, he says, after lunch, we're going to, oh, there's my family, look at that. And I love that, Middle Miracles is the title of my message, and that little boy right there. Okay, I can't cry. That's my baby. <laughs> okay, stop it, take it down, change the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I pray for him. He's home at, with the flu, but he's going to be okay. Amen. Um, but anyway, so we, uh, so so I just need to share this really quick, just because the power of partnership and and, and just in prayer. So the pastor's okay. We're going to go back. We're going to eat, and then I'm going to take you uh, to go to the drug lords that we found some favor with, and and uh, they're strapped with you know usually strapped with grenades and other types of guns and. And, and machine guns, and, and uh, he's like, you know, uh, you can't wear this hat, you can't wear this color, you know, we had to go with the windows down, we had to go with the flashers on, you know, I'm a country boy, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, this was so new to me, you know what I mean, and it was so crazy, but anyways, I um, went in there, and I uh, texted my wife afterwards, and I said, honey, I said, I can't wait to share with you the testimony of, of a dying pig grenades, machine guns, prayer and worship. And it was all in the same story. And she's like, okay, can't wait. Sounds great. You know what I mean? And so I won't go into graphic detail, but we finally, we had to like search for these guys and we found a group of these guys that were in a, in a particular gang and, and um, they had found a pig and they were hungry. And I 
we'll just leave it at that. They throw it in the truck, right? They drive to a certain location, and the second in command of this big, huge drug operation is drug Wayne, right? He's like a sergeant in arms kind of guy, apparently. We're talking to him, and uh, he's like, hey, follow me. And he says, when I, like, follow me, he says, I'll take you to my guys, right? And uh, you can pray for us and, like, worship, right? And I won't go into details of what these men did, like, a few weeks before this, but it was very gruesome to someone who portrayed them. You know what I mean? So all of us were like, man, we're either going to be going to a worship service or, you know, an ambush. You know what I mean? But let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Because they they had to have faith in us, man, because we could have been cops. You know what I mean? In their eyes, we could have been cops. And so we get there, and they had taken the pig who was still alive, and they put it on top, like, in front of us. But they, like, they shot it in the leg, right, so that it wouldn't go anywhere, right? And so it's, like, laying there bleeding out. And then all of these guys surround us with, like, guns and stuff. And, and, and he goes, hey, the, the second-in-command guy, he's like, okay, pray for us. I was like, okay. And so we did worship, and then we prayed for these guys. And we're holding these drug dealers, man, who, who are really just lost. They're not drug dealers. They're just lost sons, right? And we're just hugging on these guys, and some of them were crying. Even the ones they sold to were coming, and we're praying for them. And we were so bold with them. We're like, we're believing that you're going to receive breakthrough. You're going to give your life to Jesus, and this whole drug thing's going to be shut down. And they're like, okay, you know what I mean? And so we're praying for them, and the second-in-command guy pulls out. Like, they have a form of godliness, but they're not submitting to his power. And long story short, he pulls out this oil, and he says, please. He's like, my mom has prayed over this oil. I carry it in my pocket, and can you anoint me with it? And so we got to anoint this guy and pray with this guy and weep with this guy. At one point, we had to clear the streets so that another like dead pig could get by on a makeshift carriage as these guys are bouncing in it with horses. And, and our inter- that, that's an interruption to a worship service. Like We're just like, here we are to worship you, God. And then all of a sudden, beep, beep, and like you have to get out of the way because... You know, two horses and these guys riding bareback with the carriage of a dead pig. And and then you have a dying pig. And I'm praying for this one drug dealer, right, who's just a lost son. i got to stop calling him that. But anyways, I'm calling this, like, son forth, and I'm praying for him. And the pig's behind me. Will someone walk by him? Pig freaks out, right? Whips its back in, slams into me. All the drug dealers do tough, rough, machine-toting guys go running, you know what I mean? Because this pig, man, is loose, you know what I'm saying? Another thing to have your prayers interrupted by a dying pig, you know what I'm saying? But, man, it was just such a powerful thing, and I really believe we had what we had. We, we experienced what we experienced, and we were protected because of prayers and the partnership of prayer. I told Papa Doug I wanted to talk a little bit about my Brazil trip because um, Harvest does, you know, partner with us, you know what I mean? And I'm so grateful for that, and, and so thank you for that. And, and it doesn't go to pat our pockets. It really goes into us going and praying for drug lords and going into the dark places. And we're just starting to do that. And I want more of that, you know. And, and, and so even financial support sends us to these places because me and my wife both decided we don't want money to stand in the way. You know, there's people in, like, Switzerland and Australia and all these places. They're like, man, we want what's in their heart, but we can't pay you to come. And I'm like, I still want to come. You know what I mean? And so, like, when people bless us, we're able to go and be a blessing, you know? And so that happened in Brazil. And uh, just, like, real quick, is it cool if I just share one other testimony with you uh, about Brazil? And I won't make my message long, okay? Um, I promise. But but <clears throat> I really do. Um, but, but so I'm in Brazil. I spent about six days at a school of 250 missionaries and, and evangelists and 
just young people, right? And they're just so on fire for the Lord. I, I, I had the privilege of baptizing, uh, was one of many that got to baptize close to 100 young people, man. Uh, in one day, two and a half hours, right, just baptizing people. And it was just powerful. Long uh, I could share about all, I mean, they're, they're having to pull kids out of the pool because the power of God fell, and they can't even walk themselves to the edge of the pool to get out. We're laying them out on beside the pool, and they're not sunbathing. I mean, they are, but they're not like sun sunbathing. They're just bathing in Jesus, you know? And it was powerful. So I'm baptizing probably about an hour and a half in, and I start going in circles, like in the pool, while the one was making her way to me. And I was just going in circles. And I, I was just doing this. And I'm like, God, why am I doing this? He says, it'll make sense later. So I'm just going in circles. I was like, man, I've lost it. Chlorine's got in too much, and I'm like weird, right? And this girl comes up. She's already crying. The presence of God was so strong. I pray for her, and one of the things the Lord spoke to me was that the waters were troubled. And, and, and the first one, remember how the waters were troubled by the angel? And the first one, they had to do it by faith. But the first one that stepped in by faith got their healing. It's in the Bible, right? And then Jesus just heals a person. He doesn't have to step in. You know what I'm saying, right? But what's crazy is, is the first one that stepped in, you know, got their healing. And I prophesied over her. I said, honey, I said, the waters are troubled. There's a reason I'm sharing this. This is a testimony that might be a prophetic word for you. So the waters were troubled. And I said, honey, I said, you're, you might, you're in trouble right now. You've just had issues going on in your life. But you've held, you, you've held strong to your faith and your conviction. and You've put your faith in God. And she just starts breaking. I said, the one who stepped in by faith got healed. You're in trouble. The trouble didn't come from God. But you've had faith in God. And you're about ready to see God move. I said, I think that's the only reason why I was going in circles. Because I was still very confused. And she goes, no, no. And she tells my interpreter. She says, before I stepped into the swimming pool, she said, Lord, I want today to be the day that all these vicious cycles that I've been in, these circles, she's like, I felt like I was just going around in circles in life. And she said, I was praying, God, when I step into this water and get baptized, may the end of these vicious cycles, may the end of this, these circles in my life, may they be broken. And she says, I wanted you to be the one to baptize me because you were the one going in circles. You never know how you're prophesying. She just got wrecked that day. Come on, somebody. Just absolutely wrecked in Jesus. I can't tell you how many testimonies I'm getting back from just that baptismal time. On Facebook, people saying, man, you're like a papa to me now. Like, like, like Brazil's making me a papa to their nation just because these young people are doing it, man. They're enlisting me. They're like, you're my papa. Like, and I, I didn't understand this. And, and last one real quick. I'm in service and the Lord told me, I don't want you to prophesy tonight. I don't want you to pray tonight or today. I just want you to hug these people. Just hug them. Not knowing the statistic that I'm about ready to give you. 90% of all Brazilians grew up in a fatherless home. And I go a hold of, and I grab, real quick, I grab a hold of this, one, this boy. I grab a hold of him and, and as I... God started to reveal to me his value and who he was as a son, I broke. And it was almost like I felt virtue come out of my body. It was like I was a broken alabaster box. And God was like, Ryan, I just want you to break in love for them and I'll do the rest. 
And the more I understood who he was and the more I saw what pain he was going through, the more I didn't want him in that pain, the more I wanted him to step into his value and the acknowledgement of his value. And I just broke. And can I tell you something like when I broke, it was like God was free to just be released through me. And as I broke this guy, this boy was breaking. So I was just like, oh my gosh, God. And then I just say, God, every person I embrace, may you just embrace them with what they need. And bloop, they're just bawling or falling or hugging me and won't let me go. And I'm weeping and I'm a blubbery mess. And to make a long story short, I get to this one kid and this kid is like awesome, but his breath stank. It was horrible. Now I'm going to share testimony of what God did to me. And it was love. Like he, he upped it in love, right? Like, and I'm hugging him, and it really, like, I'm like, I love everybody, but I don't like this guy's breath, man. This is horrible. I was like, press your teeth, bro. You know what I mean? God, can I prophesy just once today and just say, Colgate? You know what I'm saying? Like, please, Lord. No, I didn't say that. I thought it. But I, 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 I grabbed <laughs> So I, <laughs> I grabbed him. And I was just like, God. And then I smelled the breath and I'm like, whoa. And I let up. This is what the Lord said to me. I don't tell, I'm not telling you to go and repeat this. But he said, Ryan, I want you to intentionally put your nose to his mouth and smell his breath. Some of you are like, what? This is weird. He's like, I want you to hug him tight and smell his breath. Smell his breath intentionally. Oh my God. Do you understand what you're asking me to do? He says, there's, there's no room for no negotiation here. You take, like, it was like a take my, like, I was walking in something that needed to be broken that day. And God was taking off some sandals. But I had to play a part. I was walking in something that I shouldn't have. And God said, take off your shoes. Metaphorically. So I grabbed a hold of this kid, and God said, I want that nose to be right at his mouth, and I want you to smell his breath. Oh, my God, that's going to look so weird. I don't care what it looks like, do it. And I literally, like, I literally was like, right there, man, right there. If he would have sneezed, he would have bit my nose, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, gosh, God. I'm not making fun of this kid. I'm making fun of myself and what God was asking me to do. But he said, Ryan, I don't care how stinky it gets. I don't care how messy it gets. Love doesn't let up in those situations. If anything, love in its embrace intensifies. He said, you were letting up your embrace because of the smell. Stop it. I don't care how ugly it is, how severe it gets, how dark it gets. You love him. And you know what I realized? God was sowing a seed because he knew what harvest I needed to walk in in the garbage dumps a few days later. Sometimes you don't realize why God's asking you to do what he's asking you to do, but he's actually sowing a seed in you right now because he sees around the corner and you don't. And he knows what harvest you'll need, so he plants the seed. So he's like, I don't care how stinky it gets, I don't care how messy it gets, and I'm like, yeah, God, and I'm just weeping now, right? I was feeling sorry for myself to like, God, that's awesome. And I was repenting, taking sandals off, I stepped out of something I was walking in for years, and... I found a newfound of love for people, man. You may all get just loved today. Like, like, 
put a tic-tac in. You know, I'm just like, I just play him. So I'm doing this and the Lord said this and I'm going to end it. I said, I did it and the Lord said, the Lord's like, okay. He was like, listen, he's like, he's like, you can stop. You, you got what you need. You can stop smelling it. And I'm telling you what, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like, because <laughs> I thought it was going to be supernatural. Like God was going to make his breath smell like roses. You know what I mean? No, it still smelled like it smelled. You know what I'm saying? And God changed something in me. And I'm not, I hope this, you know, it, and you know what? When I was in the garbage dumps in front of those guys and it was dirty and the smells were horrible. I never seen so many buzzards in my life. And you know what? It was so funny because Heidi was there. Heidi Baker. Some of you know who Heidi was. She was there at one point, not when I was there. And you know what she would say? Oh, my gosh, how beautiful these birds are. These are so beautiful. You know, Heidi, right? And the pastor's telling me this story. And she's like, man, the birds just need a place. And they found a place. It's just beautiful. And he's like, only Heidi would see that. And I'm like, yeah, only Heidi. I said, I am not going to try to impress you, pastor. They're ugly, and I wish they would get away from me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But when I was in the garbage dump, God said, I told you, no matter how nasty it is, how stinky it is, that's places for love to come alive and be intense, not to let up. And so I'm like hunkered down right into who knows what, face to face with people that are amazing, beautiful people. But man, wow. But it didn't matter anymore. God did something in me that I didn't understand. And it wasn't just for that moment. It's for the future. I got to move on. That's not my message. Amen. So all kinds of really cool things happened in Brazil. Ah, that was too long. I just need to move on. But that's, ah, I could talk so much more. And I'll probably share a testimony here. Let me share this one. I prophesied over the leaders. I prophesied over the leaders. I got to sit with the leaders. Like, they, they, didn't, they weren't even old, older than like 30 years old. They ran this school of 250 young people, right? And uh, long story short, um, and, and this is like now like real like news news, so we can share this. And, 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 and first of all, I want to glorify person and, and celebrate they got saved, amen, but I want to show you the power of the prophetic, so I'm standing and I'm prophesying over groups, because they're asking me, what do you hear for Brazil, what do you hear for Brazil, right, and I said, what I hear for Brazil is elect officials are going to come to know Jesus, and like King Josiah, who made a covenant with God, and then turned, and all of Judah made a covenant with God, and then they cleansed the land of Baal, I said, I see elect officials coming to know Jesus and the land is going to be committed back to God like, king, like it was through King Josiah in 2 Kings 23 and I said there's going to be a cleansing of Brazil because of elect officials who have the influence to make it happen and they're like yeah that's amazing well they're at the send well first of all when I release that word I go back to my Facebook an elect official governor got uh, saved right when I release this word and told Netflix, if they don't take certain things down, Netflix isn't allowed in Brazil. So it was like almost an instant prophetic confirmation. But then while we were in the leadership meeting last night, I get, now I celebrate the salvation. I'm not here to say, oh, I'm a prophet. Look how cool I prophesy. I'm here to get you excited, okay? Prophecy and the testimony of it can actually be a prophetic word for you. Like, Like, God did this for them. God can stir hope in me and do it in me as well, right? Knowing hope attracts things. And so God wants to stir hope today. So long story short, I get a text message from the send, or from people that were at the send that the president of Brazil ends up getting saved last night and his desire is to commit Brazil back to God. Come on, somebody. 
so good. Anyways, we got to move on. So God is good. Let me just jump into this message now. Is this cool? I'm not going to be long. I'm going to even set a timer so I can be a man of my word. Amen. Um, I want to start this word out by this. I want to start this this word out, and I am titling this message "Middle Miracle," and it will take it will it will take form and make sense here in a second. I'm going to make I'm going to do the edited version, the brief version. But while we were in worship, like God's been showing me like a lot of visions, okay? And like He was showing me a vision Friday night that was crazy, and it set the whole message up, right? You have to listen to the message on Friday night because um, it's recorded, right? Live, yeah. So you got to watch it. It's really cool. It's about foundations and realms and realities, and it's just cool, right? And saw some visions that really supported that message. But I had a vision today in worship where there was angels in the room, right? And I don't try to think of these things. They just come, right? And some of you might be freaked out by this. It's okay. God likes to show visuals, and angels are real. I don't seek them or worship them. I seek God, but angels are a part of God, so he, they show up when I seek God. And so there's angels that were in the room, and they had fans in their hand, right? And they were fanning, right? And I was like, oh, man, they must be fanning the flame back in, right? Fanning the flame, fanning the flame, fanning the flame. How many of you know hope attracts miracles? And they were fanning, not flames, if you will. They were fanning, I believe, yet kind of technically into flame hope. He says, Ryan, I am fanning hope in this corporate body, and I'm fanning hope. I want to stir hope. The Bible says in Proverbs, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And he said, Ryan, I'm fanning into flame hope. There is people who used to burn with hope, but their hope has been deferred and they're sick. And God says, I want you to speak to sick people because they're hopeless. The Lord said this to me a while ago, but I need to say it to you now. Hope is like your immune system to your body. If your immune system is low, you're more receptive to sickness. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. If we lose our hope, we lose our joy, we lose our peace, and we just don't become well. And I feel like there's some people in the room that aren't just like, they're just not well, right? And I love you guys, and I'm saying this out of love, but I saw these angels, right, fanning with these fans, flames, But they weren't just angels. They were individuals dressed like you and me as well, fanning flames. And I said, God, like the the flames of hope, fanning hope back into flame. And, And I was like, God, who are they? What are they? And he took me to Hebrews chapter 12. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, then the Lord started to speak to me that there's witnesses who, who, who have went on before us, right? They're dancing in the streets of gold, but they have a testimony to fan hope into you while you're in the test. Today we're going to talk about the power of us coming together in hope, the power of unity and what is attracted by unity and attracted by hope. Like what's attracted? Miracles are attracted. So that's why the enemy wants you to doubt because he never wants you to step into what's drawn through hope. But I saw these people, the fan, the fan that they were being fanned, their hope was being fanned into this flame. And, and, and I said, God, like, and he started to show me that the fans that the angels had weren't like fans that we think of, like the, the, they were actually like testimonies and field reports. And documentation from our future. But all it was like testimonies 
of ours that are already written. But he's like encouraging us prophetically to give us hope. You're going to have a testimony. Right now you're in the test, but you're going to have a testimony. Isn't this awesome? And it was like our testimonies, but they're also documentations of those who have went before us. They're part of the cloud of witnesses. He says they're documentations of testimonies, countless testimonies of people who are in the cloud of witnesses wanting to stir you up that there is a light of, at the end of the tunnel and you will have a testimony even though you're in the test. And he's like, for you to get a testimony, you have to have hope. So he was stirring our hope with the testimonies of others. But he was also stirring our hope with the testimony that we have yet to testify. Come on, that's the prophetic. Part of the prophetic is God giving you a snapshot of a testimony. Come on, somebody. Your testimony. Right now, you might be in the middle of the storm, but this is your other side testimony that has yet to be formed, yet to be manifested, yet to be uttered out of your lips of what God's done. But Holy Spirit was showing me today, He's fanning your hope with the testimony that you haven't testified yet of because you're still in the test. But watch this. The testimony that he was fanning the flame of hope with was literally the testimony that came from the miracle that showed up and changed your test into a testimony. So God was like, not only am I using testimonies of old, I'm using a testimony of yours that you're yet to testify of. Come on, somebody. And then he started to show me fanning myself. Have you ever fanned yourself? And I, I was just like, why did I pop my hip? But anyways, I was... I love this setup. I can just be like, ah. But anyways. Come on. Can I see that for a second? This is... I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> but I was fanning myself and I said, Lord, wait a minute. Why am I fanning myself? He says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Can I tell you something? Some, I was a part of my own cloud of witnesses. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, the future you is testifying to the present you, hey baby, it gets better. Come on somebody. Hey baby, it's about ready to get better. You're about ready to dance. I know you're crying, wipe the tears, get excited, you and your wife, we're going to have a baby. No, you're going to have some really cool things happen. Weeping may endure for the night. Man, I just got to stick on this. Weeping may endure for the night, but there is joy. The, watch this. The future you that's already got the joy was ministering to the one you that is mourning and crying right now. Testifying and saying, listen, the future looks really good. I've tasted and seen and I'm here to witness to you. It gets better. Your own self was in the cloud of witnesses. Testifying to you. Your crying self was getting hope. From your joyful self. And it's not supposed to make sense. It's a kingdom. Rifle can break it down with three points later. I'm just prophesying to you right now. Uh. 
I got to move on. I, man, I'm about ready to manifest what I do in my secret place. Man, it's not going to be good. But I, I felt like the, yeah, I felt like the Lord just wanted me to tell you, get ready to experience an encounter with yourself. He encouraged himself within the Lord. He didn't encourage himself with tears. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so encouraged. I feel so bad for myself. I threw my own pity party and I'm, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling better. No, the future David. The David that had hope there was a future that was going to be prosperous. Became, like David became his own witness. He had Holy Spirit, who's the bomb. I mean, that the bomb diggity. But God's fanning hope, man. Woo! That's the prophetic. The prophetic is God giving you a field report from your future. To give you hope in the present. Hey, baby, it's going to get better. Mm-mm-mm. That's good, huh? Let's dive right into this. 2 Kings chapter 4. Verses 1 through 7. We're just going to stick in this vein for a second, okay? We're going to find a lady who was found in a place that wasn't good. Then we'll find what she did in the middle and what what she experienced in the middle and what she experienced at the latter part of this uh, this story. But 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. And I want to read this because I don't want to get in the way, but God said read this. A certain woman, 2 Kings 4, she's part of the cloud of witnesses. Part of the fans that the, 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 the angels and the witnesses had wasn't just their field reports, but it was the field reports of women like this. Fanning in the flame. I just want to fan some of you. You look like you need it. Do you ever sit in a service and you're just like, man, that person physically looks hot. They're sweating. They just look nasty right now. And they just look like they need some help. Can I tell you something? Sometimes God might have you do that in a service. Man, they just look like they're dry. They just look like they're hurting. They just look like they need a fan. You ever like fan somebody? Like physically? There's times I do that with my wife because when she gets, when she's hangry and hot, it is a deadly combination, my friend. You know what I'm saying? Hangry and hot, two H's, man. You know, just hangry, hot. Hangry is when you're hungry, sleepy, all kinds of stuff, and angry. You're just angry because of it, right? And there's times I'm like, baby, I, I, I got to fan you now, or you're going to get really nasty, you know? And you, you know how you assist people sometimes? You just like fan them? Can I tell you something? Like, like I feel like some of your angels today is just like, you need a, like a fan. You need, like, you just, you're hangry right now. And you think it over, not with the Snickers, you're, you're, but think it over with the testimony. You're not yourself right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're not yourself right now. See, this is how me and God talk. You said bring it. I'm just going to bring my intimate chambers into this room right now. God's like, sometimes, Ryan, you need to think it over with a testimony. Your mind is stupid right now. you got some stinking thinking. And he'll turn the pages to places like this. And he, I don't think it over with the Twix. You know, or, Is it Twix or Snickers? You ever watch those commercials? It's like, you're just not yourself. And like Richard Simmons is like there. Oh my gosh. And, and they all of a sudden, they think it over with the Snickers. And then like the guys like real buff and tough and looking and like, yeah, I wasn't. Thanks for the Snickers. You know, sometimes God's like, you need a Snickers. You need a testimony. You need your frown to be turned upside down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
Come on, somebody. I felt it in the room. I'm not making fun of Richard Simmons, okay? I don't know why I went there. You know what I'm saying? But I went there. But anyways, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You've seen those commercials. I think he was in one. But anyways, it's like sometimes you need a Snickers testimony. Some of you got to put on there, hashtag Snickers testimony. You just need a Snickers testimony. You're just not yourself right now. You're not thinking kingdom-minded. You're not thinking your identity. You're, 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 you're like, oh, I need a healing instead of thinking I am healing. Come on, somebody. And you need your perspective to be enlightened, shifted, changed. Or you just need some hope. And God's like, turn on YouTube and let a testimony just fan you. <laughs> this is fun. It's just... <laughs> I hope you have me back in September after all this. But anyways, 2 Kings chapter 4, here's a Snickers testimony. Here's a Snickers testimony. 2 Kings 4, and I'm not going to be long, I promise. It's just really good. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah saying, Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, I love this answer, what shall I do for you? Right? Can I just stop there? Some of you are taking on too many problems. You're anxiously taking on more problems than you should. You need to pray, which ones, God, have you equipped me to take on? And of course, God equipped Elisha for this one, right? But what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when, oh, I got to stop right there. Let me say that again. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. We're about ready to see the power of coming into agreement with one another and the power of coming into agreement with God. Let me stop right here real quick, right? We'll fan you into some hope here, right? Let me just encourage you with this. There is certain miraculous provisions that you'll miss out on if you're not willing to gather vessels or build the storehouses in faith, believing God will fill them. There is certain miraculous provisions that you will miss out on if you do not, by faith, gather vessels or build the storehouse in faith, believing God will fill them. I was praying a couple of weeks ago, God, I want more. God, I want more. God, I want more. He says, Ryan, you have no, like, like, like you, you haven't built the room for me to put it. He asked me this question, where are you going to put it? I said, well, ouch. He says, you want more. He says, you have what you need and then some, because I'm a God of excess. You have what you want and then some. So he says, Ryan, put yourself intentionally in a need. Out of faith, believing I'll provide. See, some of us want to expand the storehouse when we get the vision. I mean, I'm sorry, the provision. But God says, why don't you prep the place for the provision before the provision because you actually believe the provision's coming? Because you believe yourself in the cloud of witnesses that provision's coming. You believe in the prophetic word that more's coming, so we prep the place for it. And this is what God was asking this woman to do. And we'll see, we know the story. She experiences this supernatural provision. So I started talking to my wife who had her convictions and we were talking, sharpening one another. And, and I was going to go back to Brazil uh, uh, and I'm going to go back to Brazil in July. But you know what? Actually, 
hindered my decision at first. I was like, well, if I get the provision, I'll go. If I get the provision to go because I have to pay for it, I'll go. And you know what the Lord said? Why don't you just say you're going, take, bring the vessel, build the storehouse, and I'll fill it. It was scary. Babe, I'm going, and I love my wife. You're the bomb. She's like, I think you should. That's a good idea. Yes. I'm like, you're gone. I kid you not, in two days, I had three people who didn't know each other and didn't know the decision I made and how hard it was. They knew the decision I made, but not how hard it was. And that had nothing. Three people, separate accounts, said, we'll pay for it in full. We'll pay for it in full. One guy said, I want to come and I'll fly you first class. Do you know what I think is crazy? Watch this real quick. I was in coach for 10 hours or 9 hours. 9 hours down? 9 hours down. Not fun. But I got to sit with Tom Brady's wife's modeling agent for 14 years when she was younger and had a great time witnessing to her and talking to her. That was cool. But I was in coach. And it was crammed. And I walked past first class. And I'm like, that would be nice to sleep sometime. Stay sometime. It's a 9-hour flight. It's 10 hours to go home. It'd be nice to sleep in that. And you know what the Lord showed me? He said, Ryan, I was really, I I brought you in the aisle and you passed there and had that. I give you the desires of your heart. It's not like, oh, I have a desire for a Lamborghini and he gives it. He's like, I put that radical desire in your heart to sometimes fly first class. And you don't have to be stingy, selfish, nose in the air and force people to fly you down first class. I'll just make it happen. And I'm just like, wow, God. And there was no work in it. I didn't have to work by the sweat of my brow. That's the old covenant. That's the law. I heard that last night. But you know what I think is crazy is how the Lord literally took me by where he's leading me to. God will take you in the spirit and Holy Spirit will like fan and be the witness that's already in your future, prophesying to your present, this is what you're about ready to inhabit. And sometimes... For you to get there, you've got to bring the vessel. You've got to build the storehouse because you're showing the devil, showing God, and showing the miracle. You agree, and when you agree with God, and you do out of agreement, because she ends up doing it. She brings the vessels. When you do something that shows your agreement, because see, we can say we agree, but our actions show we don't. But when we actually agree, and it's an action. It is seen. It's a verb. Unity is a verb with one another, and unity is a verb with us and God. And so when we come into unity, and we're intentional, and we have the actions of unity, just not the speech, things are released. And when I came into agreement with God to go to Brazil, and I showed God I agreed through my actions, and built something for Him, I was preparing a place for something he already had for me. I just created the landing zone for it to come. So this is what this woman does. We need to move on. Verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons uh, then pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So that uh, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. That's a different message, but she poured it out. 
Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. See, we think we've done something wrong when something is shut off. Maybe God says, I'm not pouring into that anymore. I'm bringing you into a new season. But sometimes we stop bringing him something called expectation and agreement that attracts him. The Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You're bringing something to him as he brings something to you. And there's a convergence. And sometimes we lose hope and we don't come into agreement with God and bring something to Him, we actually try to fix it ourselves or give it to another resource other than Him, and then we wonder why we're not blessed by Him and certain things aren't thriving. It's because you haven't kept it in the vine. Sometimes the storehouse prep is intimacy. And you just saying, God, I fall on my face, and I will worship you, I will seek, I will thank you for it before I have it. Do you know what I think is crazy? When you come into agreement with God, you're giving God consent to pour out His desires upon you in the area that you brought to Him to change. When people gave issues to Jesus, they brought those issues, storehouses, to Him by faith. Here it is, God. And guess what? They were coming into agreement for healing, but they were also giving Him consent to heal. See, we need to come into agreement with God. I love this. When Jesus yielded up the Spirit, right? He died on the cross. He yielded up his Spirit. It says in Matthew when he does that, he yielded up his Spirit, right? It literally says right after that, Behold, the earth shook. Behold, this started to happen. Veil was ripped in two. People popped out of graves. I put in my Bible, revival. Like revival took place when man got out of the way. See, when we come into agreement with God and give God consent, we're saying no longer am I going to be driven by my selfish spirit. I want Holy Spirit to pour in me and through me what needs to be in this season and in the next. That's why we need to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer. Because we're pouring out some things that God didn't pour in us, another spirit has, and it brings destruction. But when we fall on our face and give God consent, when we yield, that's when we'll behold Him, and that's when He'll change us. Did you hear what I just said? When we yield to Him and we behold Him, because you're already one with these things that you want, you just need to become aware of it and wait for it to become a reality. But what's crazy is, is, is <laughs> this is so good. The enemy comes in to try to disrupt your hope because he never wants you to receive it as a reality. He just wants you to know it's a realm that exists, but it's not your reality. But it is your reality. And you need to believe that before you see it. But when you believe it, you acknowledge it, you believe in it, you submit to it, you give it consent to be poured out, guess what happens? That realm that you know of becomes a reality that you see. So it's not that you're not born again. Your mind needs to be born again. Moving on. So it's like I behold something. Now I give myself to it. And I say, God, I give you consent to just make this a full reality. It's a reality in my mind. But I thank you, God. And I, I, I thank you for making it a reality with my eyes. And I give you permission. That realm you just showed me, I know it exists. My mind is translated there. I believe in it. I know it's my reality. 
but right now others don't see it. I don't see it, but I'm going to tarry until I do. And when you prepare a storehouse of faith and submission and yielding to God, just that is a building a storehouse. God, I believe in that you'll pour that out in my vessel. I believe that you'll pour that out in the storehouse. I'm putting myself in this need and I'm believing you'll supply it. My soul is translated there, God, and I believe in it and I trust one day my future self that's witnessing to me right now is just who I become. It's just me now. It's not me over here and my future self saying, it's going to be good, you're going to have joy. My future self is me now. (laughs) I had a vision on Friday of these angels showing us of realms and realities, and as they were showing us these realms and realities that exist, our souls were being translated there. And it set our path to pursue it to become a full, full, full reality. She had to believe in the realm to agree with God by getting the vessels and then giving God consent to fill them. When you behold something and you yield to it and say, God, I want this to become my full reality, not just in my mind, but I want to see it with my eyes, and you tarry, you'll see. The Lord spoke to me one time. People don't linger anymore in the church. Lingering is leaning into something, submitting and yielding to something until you behold it with your eyes, until you see it. When Jesus gave up the Spirit, behold, things started to become a reality. Can I tell you something? He is our reality, and we know that here, and it then gives us faith here to endure when we don't see. We endure because we have faith that we will see, and when we have faith that we will see, we will behold what God says we'll behold. Are you radical enough to get the vessels, though, and wait for them to be filled? Faith needs, we need to have faith for the empty places. We need to have faith in the midst of empty places that God is a good God. He's already given us his abundance, and he'll manifest that abundance in this emptiness. And that abundance will become a reality. And we need to tarry until we see it become a reality. I'm moving on. I'm almost done. But what I love this is, she not only came into agreement with God, she came into agreement with the words of Elisha. She came into agreement with Elisha. Do you know why the Bible says how beautiful it is that brothers dwell together in unity? There are certain things that can only be released when we give God consent and surrender and have faith and prepare a place for it. But there's also certain things that will only be released when believers come together and dwell in unity. I alone can chase a thousand, but me and you can chase out 10,000. There's beauty in unity, and this is what I want to fix my eyes on real quick. Unity with God. We already have union with God, but what I mean by unity with God, agreement, consent, yield, submission. It's radical, but I'm intentionally putting myself in this need because I have such a radical faith that you'll fill the empty place because my soul is already translated to an abundant place. See, God speaks to bring your soul to the abundant place so that that your your faith is stirred. You know the Bible says in James 1, count it all a joy when you fall into diverse temptations because the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience in the Greek there means endurance. 
the storm doesn't produce faith. You seeking God and God translating your soul to his reality is what produces faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. What, what you do is determined on what you perceive. So God wants to translate your soul to the proper realm so that you make the proper preparations for God to make that realm a reality. That woman's soul was promoted before her resources were. But her resources were promoted because she chose to believe the realm that her soul was translated to. I'm almost done. But what I love about this is, it says faith produces endurance. I have to say this because you didn't hear it Friday. Endurance isn't sitting in a, a, a doctor's office waiting for the doctor to come. It's an endurance to finish a marathon. That's the Greek picture, the definition picture there. It's about finishing a marathon, not waiting for a doctor. So what is God trying to say in James 1? Have faith in this realm that your soul has already been translated to. Don't come back to this realm. Don't live in this reality. Live in his reality. In your soul. And Rifle can tell you how to do it. But I'm just saying get your soul there. And he has. And I honor your teachings, man. That's why I keep referencing you. I'm just a prophet preacher from now. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here it is. It's your faith in that realm because your soul's translated there. Everything that you do is based on how you perceive things. So God brings your perspective in the right realm. It produces faith. The word reveals to you realms. And it produces faith in your soul that what you now see and what your soul has been translated to will become your reality. Faith draws it in, but it also draws you in. Last thing. Whenever it says about faith produces endurance, it's that endurance that what I see in the spirit is it gives you the audacity, the passion, the drive to wait more when seeing that realm become a reality. That you wait with the vessel that's still empty. You wait in your need. You wait in your emptiness. But your soul's already in fullness. And that faith in that fullness produces this endurance to wait under the weight until you see. it. That faith produces an endurance to not turn around and go to another resource. That faith produces endurance to put your feet down until you see the cloud the size of a man's hand. It's the endurance to wait for the promised rain to fill the droughted ground to where it's no longer drought. And endurance to stay submitted and committed to God. Because the enemy knows if he can get you to lose hope, if the enemy, the enemy knows if he can get you to lose faith, you'll vacate the position to receive the blessing. Why do you think he's trying to cause division between us? Because he knows a house divided against itself can't stand. So he's trying to divide you and God. Because he doesn't want any of the blessings of God to stand. Why do you think he's trying to divide you two, you guys both too? Oh, maybe you say that. Why do you think he's trying to divide us? 
the Lord spoke this to me that I needed to address division and I need to address unity because the Lord spoke to me that there is realms that the leadership's perspectives are going are already translated to. And they're making preparations to go there. And some of you might be stretched on where they're going to go and no, they have not asked me to say this. It might stretch you where they've already went. Some of you might be stretched sitting like this. I don't like the change. I might as well just find somewhere else. Maybe the enemy is planting that lie in your mind because he's trying to get you off of position so you never receive a blessing that's going to come only through the unity with this body. Beautiful. How beautiful it is when brothers dwell together in unity. The enemy doesn't want to see that beauty released because watch this. Certain things are released when people are unified going after the same thing. And there's only certain things that will be released through unity. The Bible says, and this is where I'm closing, because she agreed with Elisha as well as God. So this applies to God and us, but also applies to you and your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, sitting here today. Because listen, there's things that God wants you to partner with. Like, like God wants to release prophetically realms of where He wants to take this church. And he wants to translate your souls there to where it motivates you to come together with one another and touch and agree for it to happen. Don't fight against it and be the part of what hinders it. Be a a supporter, the one that causes it to happen. See, the enemy wants to cause division because he wants to disqualify the ones that make it happen. If he's trying to cause division between us and God, it's because he doesn't want the blessings of God to stand because he knows a house divided against itself can't stand. So God says one thing, my soul's there, but my flesh says another. I listen to my flesh. Now I'm a house divided against God and the plans that God wants to rock me with will never be a step. Can I tell you something? The things that cause us to be divided might be the very things that God intended to cause unity so that it could be brought. And I promise you, some of you, the line might be drawn, you might be like, I'm not for this, that's fine. But can I tell you something? Some people will be motivated to actually come into unity and say, I want to be a part of bringing this, not hindering this. And see, God needs you to bring certain things and you have power singular there's power in unity. Let me say this for time's sake. Job 22, 28. It says this. Declare a thing and it will be established. And I'm ending with this. Declare a thing and it will be established. That word declare, right? You will also declare a thing and it will be established for you so light will shine on your ways. Oh, I love this. It's what we're talking about. Realms becoming realities. But watch this. Declare. You know that word declare in the Hebrew means a lot of things? But one of the things it means is it means to divide in two. It means one thing becoming two. And I was like so confused as to why it meant that until I read Genesis 15. And I'm just referencing this. God makes a covenant. He makes a declaration of something that he wanted Abraham and the people to know he was committed to establish. He declares and makes a covenant with Abraham. And what does he do? He, sa- he kills an animal. God kills an animal. There's a sacrifice. 
And in the Old Testament, to make, a, uh, watch this, I'm, I'm finishing. To make a covenant be established, you would kill an animal, divide it in two, and the two parties making the covenant with each other would walk through the middle of the two. Walk through, and it was a sign that we will do everything it takes to establish what we've declared today and made a covenant with. And if we go against that covenant, may we end up like these, this animal, killed and cut in two. So God is making a declaration of covenant what he agrees to do, kills an animal, separates it, and it says before Abraham and all the people, he walks through himself, walks through the middle of the sacrifice. Oh, it's going to get good. To say, I am committed to make this realm that I made you aware of a reality for you. I'm committed to that. Then if you go to Second Kings 23, Josiah reads the law commits himself back to God, kills an animal, separates it in two, and walks through it. And guess what happens? Judah does the same thing. They were like, yeah, we're committed. He was making a declaration, per the law at the time, I'm committed to this. This will become a reality in my nation. This will become a reality in my life. I'm declaring it, and I will make sure it's established. Just like Abraham did, and God did with Abraham. Watch this. This gets really good. So watch this. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 19 and 20, I believe it is. First of all, it says, come here, Pastor. Come here, Pastor. And uh, Daniel, come here. Sorry. We're all like curled up. You're two. You're the two. So you face each other. Face each other. Face each other. He says, I want Mama to be able to sit. The Bible says, wherever two of you or three, gather, touching and agreeing. So grab hands right now. Touching and agreeing, it says there he is in the midst. Two people whose minds are already translated to a specific realm. Now they're touching and agreeing that that realm will become a reality. And guess what it says? Wherever two come together, touching and agreeing. This is why the enemy wants division. Nothing gets established that way. Wherever two of you touch and agree on anything, it will be done. Then it says, wherever two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. Do you know what the word midst means? Middle. So there he is, like he did, ooh, like he did with Abraham, he comes right back in the middle of the sacrifice. They're doing a sacrifice of praise, a sacrifice of worship, a sacrifice of prayer, believing the realm that their mind has already been translated to will become a reality. And they're agreeing, God, you made the covenant. I believe you're going to establish the covenant. God declared it to them and brought their souls there. Now they're believing God's going to establish it and bring it into their reality. And the Bible says, London Bridge, yeah. But anyways, the Bible says wherever two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. Man, their souls are in that realm. They're actually believing it's going to become a reality. And the Bible says that he literally comes back in the middle of their sacrifice to establish what he declared that made them come together and pray in the first place. Do you know that there was cherubim 
You can let go. Watch it. Stand here. Stand here. There was the cherubim on the Ark of the Covenant. Mercy seat in between the cherubim. When we come together and pray and agree for realms that our soul has been translated to, when we come into agreement, we're actually believing that God's going to demonstrate His mercy and establish the covenant that brought our souls there in the first place. We're actually believing His mercy will step right down in the midst of our prayer and actually do what we came into agreement to see done. Why did I call this a middle miracle message? Because Adam, or the widow and God created a space where God walked in the middle. I think you're missing it. Walked in the middle to establish what he declared like he did for Abraham. I promise you I'll make you a father of many nations. I'll do this. And he stepped in the midst of that sacrifice to say, I'm serious about that covenant and I will establish that covenant. So wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he comes in the middle. You guys become the two flesh. You are the two flesh. Broken, separated, but you're broken for something. You're praying for something. You're agreeing. God made this realm that our soul has been translated to. May that become a reality. And God who declared it, who brought your mind there in the first place, will be the one that steps in the middle of that prayer in the midst of that agreement, in the midst of that faith, and he'll establish in your midst the very thing that you're agreeing he'll establish because he won't go back on his word and he'll do what he declared. So why do you think the enemy's wanting to bring division? Because he doesn't want two or three to gather and touch and agree. Because he doesn't want mercy to come in your midst, breakthrough to come into your midst. What God has translated your soul to, he doesn't want to see that to become a reality. And he knows there are certain things that a corporate body in unity attracts, so he tries to bring division. He tries to get you to be the one that hinders it rather than supports it because he's trying to put a stop to what God can only release through unity. And why did I call this middle miracle? Because when she agreed with God and she agreed with Elisha's words, God came in her midst and established a miracle for her. When we come together in agreement, believing for the nations or believing for our finances and praying and believing for God to do what he said he would do, God comes in the midst in mercy and grace and does what only grace can. And he established what he promised us that motivated us to pray in the first place. So stand with me all over the church. Wasn't that fun? And you know what I think is ironic right now? There is two sides right now. And you know what I heard the Lord say? I went in to the middle of Abraham's sacrifice to declare what I've declared will be established. That's how serious I am about it. How serious are you going to make God's covenant? Are you going to come into agreement, create the two sides? And believe that God's going to come in the middle? Are you, instead of being driven by fear, oh my gosh, our finances are in a place that God never promised. 
oh my gosh, he's going to probably back out on his promise. Why don't you grab a brother? Why don't you grab your husband? Why don't you grab your wife and say, you know what, baby? Instead of doubting and listening to the enemy, that's not the reality that we're going to believe for. We're coming together agreeing that the realm that our soul has been translated to, we are believing that Jesus will come in the midst and do merciful things and grace-filled things. And we're coming together and agreeing that God's going to come right down in the middle and create a miracle. We're not going to be hindering the miracle. We're going to support the miracle by gathering two or more and pray and believe that God will come right down in the midst and establish what He declared. Come on, somebody. We're going to provide a sacrifice of praise together, prayer together, worship together, declaration together. And we're going to believe like Abraham, God's going to come right down in the middle of that sacrifice and make happen what he said would happen. God told me, you build the storehouse, I'll fill it. I build the storehouse, I'm going to Brazil, I'm just going to do it. And guess what? We got a middle miracle and it was done in threes. It was done in three. Because I'm going to pick one of the three. Now I have two that will probably support another trip. And I'm not abusing that. I'm just saying. Where do you need a bit of, I'm going to prophesy a middle miracle. That this is what we're going to do. And stay here for right now. If you're here and you have a need for healing in your body on either side, lift up your hands. You know there's a realm and your soul has been translated to it of healing. But you want to believe it to become a reality. I'm believing right here, so to speak. God's going to come in the middle, so to speak. And when we come into agreement with you guys for healing, keep them up. Keep them up if you can. Right now, I'm going to pray for that. When we pray and believe for miracles of healing, grab a hold of it. Because what do I believe is going to happen? In this place, when we come together touching and agreeing for your healing... There he is in the midst of the sacrifice of prayer. There he is establishing the covenant through action and walking in the middle of the sacrifice like he did for Abraham. So let's pray for that right now. We'll get people in the aisles and lay hands on people in a minute. But let's pray. Father, I pray right now for healing to sweep over this body right now. If you're close to somebody with their hand up, grab a hold of them in a nice loving way. Don't counsel them. Just pray for them. This isn't time to prophesy over them unless you're prophesying sickness to go and that it will go. But we're believing for realms to become realities. We're believing for mercy to show up in our midst, grace to show up in our midst and do what only grace and mercy can. Heal God right now. Restore God right now. Bring breakthrough right now. God, I pray for sickness to bow, for depression to bow, for infections to bow. Father, I pray right now that you would break off all hindrances from people's bodies right now. I know there's people that aren't here because of sickness. We come into agreement that flus will be gone in Jesus' name. What are we doing? We're believing God's coming in the middle and going to remove sickness. God, come in the middle. Heal. Restore. Deliver. Do what only mercy and grace can do. Sickness be broken. Depression be broken. Healing be released right now over your people in Jesus' name. 
God, I thank you that even right now they're sensing a difference. God, I pray for your refiner's fire to fall on the place that hurts, fall on the place that's sick, that it would fall on the place that's broken. And I pray, God, right now in the name of Jesus, that you would bring healing and refine them, God. Heal them, God. Fire fall. Come on, somebody. Fire fall. Fire fall. Fires would fall on sacrifice. So fire fall right now. This is a big altar right now. Fire fall on the altar and heal the people. I pray for fire. Some of you might even experience warmth right now where you have your sickness because it's the fire of God refining, healing, and restoring. God, heal right now. Restore right now. Refine right now. And I thank you, God, in Jesus' name. If you're here, check your body out. I just want you to check your body out. Wives, here's an excuse to check your husband out in church. You know what I'm saying? Check him out. Husband, check yourself out. Check it out. Check it out. If you're feeling a noticeable difference in your body, I just want you to raise your hand right now. You're feeling a difference. Check it out. I'm not moving. Yeah. There, yeah. Check it out. And if you're feeling a difference in your body, if you can tell a difference in your body, raise, wave your hand. I see that hand being waved. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just pray you intensify the healing. Just bring restoration and just bring breakthrough. This is now what we're going to do. And God's going to keep healing. This is what we're going to do. Let's come into agreement with what God wants to do in this house. Let's come into agreement that what God wants to establish will come in our midst. Come in our middle. Because that's what I've been preaching. That it would come in our middle. That God would bring what we need in our midst, in our midst, in our midst. God, I pray right now for harvest. I pray for harvest renewal. I prophesy over them what I prophesied over the leaders last night. That harvest renewal, renewal is getting a renewal, is getting a renewal, is getting a renewal. God, I pray you bring refreshing springs, God. I pray that you would come in the midst with refreshing springs and come in the midst with what will renew and what will heal and what will restore. And God, I thank you right now that you're tearing up what should have never been laid down, but you're laying down what always should have been laid down and established. I pray you establish a breakthrough, direction, clarity, provision. We're praying for all of that to come in our midst, to come in our midst. I pray for many, many middle miracles to erupt. Come into agreement, guys, that I pray, God, we're coming as both sides of the sacrifice. We're lifting up praise. We're lifting up prayer. We're asking, God, that you bring your fire. We pray you bring your provision. We pray that you bring your breakthrough in Jesus' name. God wanted me to tell that this church is about ready, almost like I saw a complete heart transplant and facelift, the Lord says. Not that the heart was bad, but the Lord says, I'm growing and expanding the vision, and you're going to have a heart, a new heart for new things. And the Lord says, I am bringing a renewal, and I am bringing a refreshment here. I am distorting the look, if you will, of this place. So God, I pray that you would just distort the look of this place, where that people who've grown familiar with harvest, almost even to a place of contentment, I pray that they would look at harvest and be like, man, whatever is coming in the midst of them, coming in the middle of them, it is fresh, it is good, it's momentum, it's acceleration, and man, they're not the harvest I'm used to. And we celebrate that, God. Not that the old was bad, pastors. Oh, but you're about ready to get a renewal. Come on, somebody. 
John 4, he says we need to go to Galilee again. Can I tell you something? God says it was the same place, but it was different this time. Can I tell you something? The, the assignment was different. Can I tell you something? That God says it's the same place, harvest renewal, but it's about ready to get a facelift, a renewal, a refreshment thing. Same thing, but it's going to look different. Come on, somebody. Not that the old was bad. Not that the old was bad. But God says, I'm bringing a renewal. I'm bringing a refreshment. Be on board. Come into agreement, the Spirit of the Lord says, so that I can release those middle miracles that I want to release, but only can if you dwell together in unity. So I break any form of division. God, I pray you even break the hearts of people who wanted to be a part of the hindrance. God, I pray you break their hearts with conviction. May they repent and be a support and not a hindrance. And God, I pray you motivate the supporters in this place that they would grow. Oh, I prophesy that your supporters are about ready to grow in numbers because God says the ones who are enemies are going to become friends. They're going to return. Have a place for them, they said. He says, have a place for them, he says. But the ones who cursed you are going to be the ones that God uses to bless you. And the Lord wanted me to tell you that those who were a part of the uh, resistance was a part of, 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 of the hindrance. God says, oh, they're going to have a shift. And they're going to be supporters, not hinders. God says, your church is about ready to grow with people that once cursed you, but they're going to bless you in this new season and walk with you. There's going to be change of hearts, change of hearts. I prophesy that real quick, and I'm going to hand the mic to Papa, and we'll pray for people then. But I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this prophetically. The heart of your government is about ready to shift. The heart of this region is about ready to shift. And God says when the heart of this region and this government shifts... The education system is going to change. Come on, somebody. Businesses are going to shift. God says, I'm going to get the right thing in the right hearts, the right people of influence, and there's going to be a major shift in this region because I'm shifting the hearts of those in this region. Things that should have been funded but wasn't funded will be funded. Things that were funded that should have never been funded because of this change of heart. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that things that should have never been funded are about ready to be crumbling. They're about ready to break in Jesus' name. God says foundations that things have been set on that have not been laid or set by the Spirit are about ready to crumble in this region. And this region is about ready to turn its heart back to God. And revival will be released in Richmond again, again, again. Harvest renewal. Get ready because God's going to use you to renew this region, to renew the government. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Not only is Harvest Renewal getting a facelift, this region's getting a facelift. God says, I am putting in harvest now the things that harvest will need for the harvest that's coming. So, Father, I bless that and I bless this house in Jesus' name. We'll pray for you, but I'm going to hand the mic back to Papa. Amen. A couple of things. We want to receive a love offering for Ryan and Kirsten. 
and uh, checks to be made out of Harvest Renewal. You can always go online at our giving page and under the, uh, the Givelify, uh, you'll find a partner so guest speaker and you can right there click on that and give okay um i just want to say something real quick here i'm just so proud of you guys the hunger that's within your heart i'm so proud of you i'll tell you there's a lot of churches here in this city you go you go a minute two minutes after 12 o'clock they're gone but i'm so proud of y'all just the hunger that's in your heart. Say, I don't care if it's 12.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30, 2 o'clock. Doesn't matter. Man, I'm going for it. I want to go for it. So let's go ahead and receive a, our offering for, for Ryan this morning. Hallelujah. Officers are going to be passing these bags down the aisle. Just, just go ahead and keep them going. All right? Hallelujah. We're going to give opportunity that if you need prayer to be able to receive that. Let me encourage you, if you have children downstairs, we're praying that our children's workers are still alive. Okay? <laughs> but let me let me ask you to do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna dismiss you, but you can go downstairs, pick your children up. When you go downstairs, just think how just thank our children's workers okay be sure to do that say guys man, you are amazing thank you for ministering to my child thank you for being a blessing to them amen hallelujah well father we thank you lord god for this opportunity to bless to give this morning lord god out of how you have blessed us we thank you lord father that we're sowing into good ground lord god we thank you, Father, for the that which we have received this morning, Lord God. We just we take it, we meditate upon it, we ruminate upon it, Father, and we receive it in Jesus' name. This message, I want to encourage you, this message will, will be up on YouTube sometime this afternoon. Early, early, uh, early evening. Go and listen again and again and again, okay? Hallelujah. All right. God bless you. We're going to be available up here for prayer.